Welcome to On The Scene Podcast. I'm Heather Harrison. And I'm Emma Dodson. And we're breaking down Mississippi's top headlines. We will bring you breaking news, pop culture, and hot takes. Coming from the desk of two Reflector editors, we'll share our favorite news of the week with you. We're On The Scene, reflecting on Mississippi's top stories. Hey guys! Welcome back! Today, we are taking things a little bit chiller, and we're going to talk about some of the famous Mississippians. Yeah, we're, we're being chill, even though the weather's not. <laughs> Today yeah, it is a it little, is but not for Christmas. It's cold outside. I don't know what you're talking about. Anyway, so this is inspired by the movie review that Emma is going to do in her corner later. So we're just going to go ahead and jump on in, and we'll get to the corner later, and we'll talk about the movie and everything like that. So we have... Actually, quite a few famous Mississippians. If you're not from here, you probably don't realize how many of your favorite famous people are from Mississippi because I feel like we just kind of get swept under the rug as a state and it's just kind of like, oh, they were born in Mississippi, but they lived in California. But it's like being born in Mississippi, it's kind of like a cultural experience, if that makes sense. It is. Mm -hmm. If you're born and raised here for a few years, you have this Mississippi personality. So anyway, first is James Earl Jones. He is the voice of Darth Vader. He was born in Arcabootla, Mississippi, which is a little bit south of Memphis and Hernando, Mississippi. Um, it's kind of in the western corner of the state near Arkansas. He was raised in Jackson, Michigan from the age of five by his maternal grandparents. Obviously, he went on to voice Darth Vader. Next up yeah. is Jim Henson. I, I, hold on, I got something to say oh. about him. Fun fact. Oh, okay, okay. So he's actually known mainly for his voice acting because of Darth Vader, but he actually had a speech impediment growing up. That he overcame in order to get to that kind of stage. So I thought that was kind of interesting. Oh, that is, because he has one of the most famous voices now. Like, nobody will ever be able to forget that. Yeah, he's Mufasa from Lion King. He's Darth Vader. Oh, wow. So. Yeah. It's pretty the cool. voice. Next up is Jim Henson, who is Muppet's man, as Emma affectionately called him. He was yes. born in Greenville, Mississippi. <laughs> which is uh, the Delta. It borders Arkansas state line, if you're not familiar with where the Delta is. And he was raised in Leland, which is just a few miles west of Greenville, in his early childhood until his father died in a car crash and his family relocated to University Park, Maryland. He did the Muppets, but he did a lot of other, like, puppet-type stuff, too. So. The Puppet Man. Kind of cool. Muppet Man. Yeah. Next, we have Oprah, who was born and raised in Kosciuszko, Mississippi, which is about an hour south of Starkville, until the age of six when she moved to Milwaukee, Wisconsin. All of our information is from Wikipedia. Do not hate on Wikipedia. She is pretty accurate. So, anyway, if if anything is wrong, feel free to correct me, but, I mean, Wikipedia is usually not that wrong. Yeah, usually they have multiple sources backing up their stuff that you can look at their citations. So, most of this is probably pretty accurate. Yeah, it probably is. And, like, a lot of it's stuff I already knew off the top of my head, so it's kind of, like, Mm fact-checked with myself, almost. Okay, so, this is from Wikipedia. After Oprah's birth, her mother traveled north, and Oprah spent her first six years living in rural poverty with her maternal grandmother, Hattie Mae Presley Lee. Her grandmother was so poor that Oprah often wore dresses made of potato sacks, and the other children made fun of her for that. That's so sad. But they also used to print potato sacks with, like, flower patterns, 
back in the Great Depression because they had to reuse those. So it's so sad that she was made fun of because, like, that became a trend almost or, like, a necessity for everyone to have to kind of do that unless you're super Mm -hmm. rich. Yeah. Her grandmother taught her to read before the age of three, which is really impressive, took her to a local church, and she was nicknamed the preacher for her ability to recite Bible verses. However, when she was a child, her grandmother was reportedly abusive, so she ended up moving back with her mother to Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Yeah, fun fact. She actually did news stuff before she got into, like, the talk show kind of stuff. That's where she was trying to find it. But they were like, oh, you'll never make it and that type of thing. And she actually didn't get a lot of her first jobs. So she, it took her a while to actually jump to where she was at. Yeah, and now she's, I mean, she has the biggest talk show. I mean, she has her own network. She has her own magazine. You know, her little Oprah's club or whatever she calls it. So, yeah, pretty amazing. She sat down with Meghan Markle and Adele and all these, like, very, very famous people. Mm-hmm. But she's very famous herself, obviously. Next, we have Morgan Freeman. He was born in Memphis, but he was raised in Clarksdale, Mississippi, which is the Delta. Obviously, a very incredibly famous actor. He's known to be the voice of God. He has that smooth, calming, deep, low voice. And when you hear his voice, you recognize it immediately. You're like, oh, this is Morgan Freeman. No doubt about it. Don't have to see the cast list. Don't have to see his face. If you hear him say one word, you know that's him. Yeah, he's been in a bunch of stuff. As far as like just acting, he's also done a lot of narration. And uh, recently, he was actually here in Jackson filming a movie. I think oh. it's some type of a thriller, but they filmed on Millsaps College's campus in Jackson, and then I think they did some other shooting kind of stuff on one of the high schools in Madison. So, I thought that oh, was kind of neat. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah, Millsaps, where you used to go to college, in Madison, where you live. Wow, you could exactly, have been, yeah. been famous. So, wow. I think that was kind of neat. Yeah, that is neat. Morgan Freeman also owns Ground Zero Blues Club in Clarksdale, and he previously owned a high-end restaurant in the town. I couldn't figure out what it was called, so if you know what it's called, please let me know on Instagram or on Twitter. He is also, quote, very proud to call Mississippi home and loves his Clarksdale home. It's always nice when celebrities get big and famous, but they still remember their roots, that they came from here and they come back and visit, or they tweet at the state or like you know they kind of rally because morgan freeman really rallied behind the new mississippi flag a year ago he was really advocating for it and that quote was from um his tweet he retweeted the when they officially changed the state flag so that means a lot because it's very easy for people to move on from the south and forget about it but at the same time it's important to remember and come back and i mean this is even for me and i don't even plan on living in the south but like it's still like remember your roots at the same time and so that's very nice if you don't remember your roots who are you really so exactly next we have elvis presley the king of rock and roll he was born and raised in tupelo in a shotgun house until the age of 13 when his family relocated to memphis i see a common pattern of the mississippi to memphis pipeline i wonder what the i mean I, i know it's a big music scene and it's kind of big but it kind of it's kind of odd now because now it'd probably be Nashville or New York City or LA. Yeah, yeah. But big Memphis back in the 50s and stuff like that. He began his musical career in 1954 at the age of 19. Then of course he was drafted into the war for 2 years and then discharged and he kind of restarted his uh musical career and his acting career. Next up we have two local legends, me and Emma. <laughs> I'm just kidding. We are not famous. But anyway, I thought that I would include that. 
Local celebrities. <laughs> oh, yeah. We're so famous. Oh, yeah. We really are. We have all of our hands. Next, we have Faith Hill, who is a country singer famously from Star, Mississippi. It's a long way from Star, Mississippi. From Thank her you song, for Mississippi that. Girl. Thank you for that. That was huh? great. <laughs> yeah, you're welcome. You're welcome. That song has been stuck in my head since seventh grade when I was in show choir and we sang that. So it will <laughs> never leave. Anyway, she was born in Ridgeland, Mississippi. It's uh, north of Jackson. And she was raised in Star, which is about 20 miles from Jackson. It's a very small town. She quit school at age 19 and moved to Nashville to start her music career. And then she didn't forget her roots, guys. She sang about being from Star in her song, Mississippi Girl, as well as probably multiple other songs. Next, we have author Eudora Welty. I keep wanting to say next is the most famous one, but all these people are, like, very They're famous. all, like, pretty up there. I love Eudora yeah. Welty, though. She's great. Uh, she has a statue on Millsaps' campus, fun fact. Uh, it's kind of terrifying, though. I do love her, but they have, like, a spotlight <laughs> that aims directly up at her, and when you're walking across campus at night and you saw that, you're like, oh, God. <laughs> That's so funny. So Eudora Welty is an author. She was born in Jackson, Mississippi, and her childhood home is designated as a National Historic Landmark and as a museum. It's at 111, wait no, 1119 Pinehurst Street. And she studied at Mississippi State College for Women, which is now called the Mississippi University for Women, which is in Columbus, Mississippi, about 25 miles north of Startville. She studied there for two years before she transferred to the University of Wisconsin, and she finished her studies in English literature. After a stint in New York City, she moved back to Jackson at her childhood home, which remained her permanent address until her death. Um, and obviously, it's a museum now. She mm-hmm. left New York City because they were in the middle of the Depression, and it was really hard for her to find work, so she just came back to Mississippi. She wrote many books detailing life in Mississippi and in the South. She worked for the Works Progress Administration, local radio stations, and newspapers in Mississippi. One of her mo- most famous works of art is a first-person point of view from the assassin who killed Megar Evers called Where Are the Voices Coming From, which was published in The New Yorker. I mean, obviously, she has so many famous works, it's hard to say, like, what is most famous. But also, Medgar Evers was incredibly famous and renowned and a civil rights activist. And I'm actually about to talk about him now. Do you have any comments about Eudora Welty before I move on? Uh, She's just great. I remember going to her house, actually, when I was younger. So when I was in, I think it was fourth grade, we did a school assignment. It's called a Mississippi Scrapbook. And that was one of the things. You had to pick, like, famous people or authors and stuff. And she was one of the ones that we did. And we got to go over there and take pictures of the stuff. And it was really neat. Plus, she just has a bunch of, like, murals of her in, like, different areas, especially in Jackson. And uh, she's just a neat lady. Love her. (laughs) I know. She's a queen. And next we have Medgar Evers, who was the field secretary for the NAACP and a civil rights activist. He was born and raised in Decatur, Mississippi, which is west of Meridian. His family owned a sawmill farm, and Evers attended a segregated school that he and his siblings walked 12 miles to each day. Can you imagine? You know all those stories miles. where it's like, wow. yeah, where it's like your parents walked over the snow and in the hills and all that stuff to get to class. No, they have nothing on the Evers family. Walking 12 miles to school—that's actually insane. He served in World War II and was honorably discharged after the war. He served in the Battle of Normandy as a sergeant. He earned his Bachelor of Arts from Alcorn State University, which was then called Alcorn Agricultural and Mechanical College in Lorman, Mississippi, which is north of Natchez. 
He and his wife moved moved to Mound Bayou, Mississippi, which is in the Delta, and they lived there for several years. After the Supreme Court ruled segregated schools to be unconstitutional in 1954, he attended the University of Mississippi's law school. His passion for civil rights continued throughout his life, and he said he constantly lived in fear for his life due to rising KKK membership and the ever-present racism in Mississippi. He was sadly assassinated on June 12, 1963, just hours after President John F. Kennedy had his famous civil rights address at the age of 38 by Byron Della Beckwith, who was a member of the White Citizens Council in Jackson, Mississippi. Evers' legend lives on today, and his legacy uh, still continues with the work of civil rights activists and the NAACP. The Megger Ever Wiley Airport in Jackson is named after him. Next, we have musician Jimmy Buffett, a childhood classic of mine. If you know my Nana, Anna Coates, you would know that Jimmy Buffett is on that radio, Um, especially as a child. I don't know why. Well, actually, I do know why. Jimmy Buffett is beach music. When you go to the beach, all restaurants play Jimmy Buffett. You just, like, listen to it on the radio. They have a whole station dedicated to him, probably. And it's just, like, good old times, you know? Yeah, not to mention they have, like, multiple restaurants that are, like, beach-themed type things. Along yeah. with his, I think it's his daughter has one's Yeah, Lucy's, Lulu's. Or Lulu's. Uh, my bad. Wrong one. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. They got a bunch of those around different areas. Oh, yeah. So, he was born on Christmas Day in 1946 in Pascagoula, Mississippi. And he spent most of his childhood in Alabama. He began playing guitar during his first year at Auburn University before continuing his college years at Pearl River Community College, and he finished his bachelor's degree at the University of Southern Mississippi, got his degree in history in 1969. He is um, a Kappa Sigma fraternity member at the University of Southern Mississippi, and he began his musical career in Nashville in the late 1960s. So again, we have the Mississippi to Nashville pipeline but that makes more sense than the Mississippi to Memphis pipeline, at least in current times. I, I know in the past it was different because like Memphis was very big blues and stuff like that. So mm-hmm. that was Mr. Jimmy Buffett. Next, we have B.B. King. Every time I pass by Kill Michael, Mississippi, it always says childhood home of B.B. King on the way to Startville. So he is a legendary blues musician who is affectionately called the King of Blues. He was born in Burklair, Mississippi, on a cotton plantation of two sharecroppers in 1925. He considered nearby Indianola to be his home. That's in the Delta, right? I don't know where things okay. are. In- Geography's not my thing. <laughs> I didn't write it down in the notes, but I, th- I believe it's in the Delta. It's in North Mississippi somewhere. I know that for sure. When King was four years old, his mother left his father for another man, T. So he was raised by his maternal grandmother, Elnora Farr, in Kilmichael, Mississippi, which is about an hour south of Starkville. King sang in his church services in Kilmichael as a kid, and the local minister taught him to play the guitar. His first boss bought him a guitar $15, and the boss withheld money from King's salary for two months until King finished paying him back. And then in 1941, King was listening to the radio and realized he wanted to be a famous musician. So in 1943, King left Kilmichael, Mississippi, to work on a, as a tractor driver and play guitar with the famous St. John's Gospel Singers of Iverness, Mississippi, performing in local churches and on WGRM radio station in Greenwood, Mississippi. In 1946, King followed Buka White to Memphis, Tennessee. There's the Memphis again. (laughs) Exactly, the pipeline. White took him in for the next 10 months. However, he returned, King returned to Mississippi shortly after where he decided to prepare himself better for his next visit. 
and he returned to West Memphis, Arkansas, two years later in 1948. He then went on to perform on KWEM radio station, and he began to develop an audience. He continued to have uh, several appearances and engagements in radio stations, and his uh, radio spots became so popular, it was expanded and became the Sepia Swing Club. He worked at WDIA as a singer and a DJ, where he was given the nickname Beale Street Blues Boy, later shortened to Blues Boy, and finally to BB. It was there that he first met T-Bone Walker. King said, Once I'd heard him for the first time, I knew I had to have electric guitar for myself. Had to have one, short of stealing. (laughs) So, that's cool. Also, the pipeline of uh, working in the news business to being famous. Yeah. Because radio is technically news or, you know, that type of thing. And also, like, Oprah did the news thing. And, like, that's so crazy because, like, we're doing the news thing. What if we're famous one day? I was going to say, are we next? (laughs) (laughs) I don't know about that, but... (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we don't need to get so cocky. We're literally on, like, the seventh week of this. (laughs) I know. Like, we love you guys, though. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So next we have Cella Ward, who is an actress who starred in Independence Day Resurgence, among other movies. She was born and raised in Meridian, Mississippi in 1956. A lot of reflector people are from Meridian or like the Meridian area. Her breakthrough TV role was Teddy Reed in the NBC drama series Sisters, and she received her first primetime Emmy for Outstanding Lead Actress in a Drama Series in 1994. Her father is a Meridian native, and her mother was born in Choctaw County, Alabama, before she moved to Meridian as a child. Ward graduated from Lamar School. My high school used to play them in football. It's a private school (laughs) in Meridian. And Ward attended the University of Alabama, double majoring in advertising and fine arts. She was a homecoming queen, a cheerleader, and a Chi Omega. So she was really the it girl, probably. Probably. Sounds like it. (laughs) She worked in New York City and started modeling and then moved to California to pursue acting. Also, the Mississippi to New York City pipeline. Hello. Of course. Next. Oh, wait. Hold on. She moved to California. And then after meeting two foster children on a holiday trip home in Mississippi in 1997, she decided to meet a broader need for abused and neglected children. By initiating and partially funding the creation of a permanent group home and emergency shelter, as well as transition houses. So she opened up the Hope Village for Children in Meridian, Mississippi in 2002 on a 30-acre property. And it currently has a capacity of 44 residents and serves an average of 300 children per year. So we love that. Giving back to her hometown. Nice. We love to see it. And our last little bit for the main part of our show is an action movie called MIA is being filmed in Mississippi in Old Town Clinton, Jackson, and John Bell Williams Airport at Heinz Community College. MIA is starring Wesley Snipes and Frank Grillo, who are two Marvel stars. Filming is set to start in January 2022 and last two weeks. That seems very Yeah, they're actually looking for extras for that. So if you want (gasps) to jumpstart your movie career, check out the WAPT article that we linked below. They had some information kind of about that. Emma, is this our big breakthrough? Is this our break? Are we going to go be an extra in an action movie? (laughs) I mean, we could. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Why am I like considering this? It's pretty cool. I love when the film industry comes here. It's great. I know, I know. I feel like it gets overlooked because, like, I feel like a lot of movies are set in Mississippi, but they're not actually. But they never film here. here. I hate that. I'm like, how is it authentic Mississippian? If yeah, because also 
when they try and say they're from Mississippi and then they don't cast people from Mississippi or the South at all. And then they try to fake their Southern accent and it's so bad. It's so bad. Nobody, like, you literally cannot fake a Southern accent. I, I don't care what anybody says. It always sounds fake. You can go to your dialect coach all you want. It's not it. It's just not you authentic. You have to be... You literally have to be born and raised here to have it. And, I mean, everybody has a different accent anyway, different Southern accent. Like, Emma and I probably don't sound as Southern as some other people that you've probably heard. But we're also probably more Southern than somebody who just moved here when they were 15 and they're only 20 years old, you know? So, Mm -hmm. anyway, come film movies in Mississippi. We'll be your extras. We'll give you hype. Yeah, exactly. Also, like, if you, you have to film here, because I feel like no other state looks like our state, if that makes sense. Yeah, I mean, like, I feel like Alabama is probably the closest, but even then, it's not the same. And there's a lot of beauty mm-hmm. in Mississippi that goes unlooked, just because people don't want to come here to scope it out, so. Exactly. I'm telling you. some beauties. Bring it here. We're all for it. <laughs> yes, yes. Next, we have The Ones That Got Away, a.k.a. What Didn't Make the Paper This Week. When will I stop saying a.k.a.? I don't know. Anyway, so this idea I actually had a couple nights ago, so it was obviously too late to get in the paper and too late in the holiday season. So, my idea. What do people who celebrate Hanukkah or other holidays think about the dates for Christmas break each year? It seems like Jewish people never get Hanukkah off, even though it's a major religion. Also, Muslim people probably don't get eat off for work or school in May and June or for their Hira, which is, I hope I pronounced that right, which is their Islamic New Year in August. So I'm like, you know, because I've always thought about this probably since I was in like fifth grade. Um, I was really obsessed with like Jewish people for some reason in like fifth grade. And I like really, I really wanted to be Jewish. I don't know why. I think it was because of like their holidays. It seemed like way more fun than like the Christian holidays because they had like the latkes and all that, like certain type of food. They had the menorah. They had um, like the eight days of Hanukkah. Thought it was really, really cool. Anyway, so I always was like, man, these people are getting gypped because I would always look at the dates for Hanukkah because it's on my, you know, phone calendar or be on the calendar on the fridge or whatever. And I'd be like, Hanukkah is really on, like, December 8th a lot of the times, or, like, around those days, like, early December. Not every year, of course, but I'm like, they never get winter break off for their holiday. No. It's because, uh, you know, America's a very, I would say, just normal Christian type. Because, you know, one nation under God, all that kind of stuff. They're very much yeah, a, but Muslim people and Jewish people all serve the same God as Christians. I know, so it's but it's they very don't funny. believe in that for some reason. It's only the normal Christianity, normal quote quote, uh, Christianity yeah. religion. So don't get it, but I don't see it changing anytime soon. So most politicians still swearing on a Bible. So yeah, I just never understood why other religions weren't given off time. I know in some circumstances they are, and some employers or some schools do give them that time off for certain people, but I don't know. It's just always seemed very exclusive, um, not inclusive, of us to just kind of center our whole world around Christianity when other people have other religions, and America is the land of the free. Like, we are literally built because we wanted freedom of religion. So, I just think we should, like, maybe take some steps to reconsider or maybe, 
I don't know, give those people the time off for their holiday or whatever. I know it may seem like a lot, but at the same time, you get Christmas Day off every single year probably, unless you, of course, have to work on those days. But most people do get the privilege of having Christmas Day or Christmas Eve off or something like that. And I don't know. I just don't think it's very fair. I don't either. Hopefully it changes. I know. I hope so, too. Next, we have story updates. We have some heavy story updates today. So, the body of Felicia Cox, who was murdered by David Cox. David Cox was lethally injected and killed November 17th. So, uh, Felicia Cox is David Cox's sister-in-law. Her body has presumably been found after David Cox gave authorities a hand-drawn map prior to his execution to locate the body. The body hasn't been identified yet, but authorities say they are positive it's Felicia's body. This is by Stephen Pimpo for WCBI. So, Felicia was last seen on July 2nd, 2007 in Pontotoc County. Her 1999 Chevrolet Blazer was later found abandoned on Waldo Road. So, before uh, Cox was um, executed, like I said, he was... So, the reason why he was executed was for killing his wife. Kim Cox, who is Felicia's sister, and he was sexually assaulting his stepdaughters. But before he was executed, David confessed to killing Felicia as well. The detective on the case said that investigators used old satellite imagery to pinpoint the location on Cane Creek Road, and they found Felicia's body. Now, they haven't, like, for sure confirmed that it's her, but they are doing tests, but they are pretty sure it's her. The map that he gave them wasn't super accurate because the stuff had changed so much in the last, like, decade and a half. But it was an accurate enough that they could find the location. And also, like, ugh, it's just so horrible. Yeah, I really hope that they are able to identify it. They'll probably do dental records since that will most likely be the only thing that's yeah. really intact at that point. No identifying things really otherwise. Uh, but I really hope they just give that family yeah. some peace considering everything that they've been through. I know, like, the, the wife... The, the sister of the wife and the daughters are all victims of this, and it's so sad. So, also, if you are a victim of domestic abuse or you're currently going through a domestic abuse situation, we will leave some contact info down below for you to call a hotline or go on a website and get some help and some resources because you don't have to suffer alone, and you can get out. It is not your fault for going through abuse you, you can get out. You are strong. So we want to leave resources for you. Also, if you ever need to reach out to us, we are not experts on domestic abuse, but we can be a shoulder to cry on or an ear to listen to. So yeah, this, please utilize those we're resources here for you. if you need This them. time of the year tends to be kind of bad for those type of cases with everybody being together for a lot of community events. So just try, we'll try and leave those resources if you do need them. Hopefully you don't, but we'll have them for you. Yeah, so share them with your friends and family or if you know anybody who needs that help. Our next update is, I think this was our very first crazy story of the week. Um, the woman who was accused of murder for hire who was denied bail. Yeah. Or she was denied bail. So she, uh, if you guys remember, she basically paid these people using Bitcoin to murder her husband. But didn't those people turn out? It was an FBI agent. <laughs> she was talking to him and never ended up actually getting to do anything because it turned out to be an FBI agent. <laughs> yes, so she was basically scanned by the FBI, which is good because, like, obviously we don't want her to murder her yeah, husband. Yeah, uh, great. <laughs> so this is written by Caitlin Howell for WJTV. So 
Uh, she was denied bail once again on December 17th. This is Jessica Sledge, who was accused in the murder for hire plot. This literally sounds like out of a movie, like murder for hire. I just, I literally can't get over it. Ever since the first episode, I just like keep thinking about it. So the judge, Keith Ball, considered the motion to reconsider bond for her. However, he denied the motion. The judge ordered Sledge to be detained until her trial. If she's convicted, she could face up to 10 years in federal prison. Yeah, I mean, when you try and hire someone to kill your husband, there's going to be some repercussion there. Exactly. Exactly. So that was all for story updates. Next up, we have Emma's Opinion Corner. Woo! Woo! Last one of the year. Yes. So, guys, disclaimer, this is our last episode for 2021. We will be taking a brief break Mm -hmm. in order to give us some time with our family and stuff. And then we'll come back to you fresh and rejuvenated for 2022 yes so thanks guys for listening to us so far this year we have really enjoyed the podcast we're just gonna be taking a little break family time and chill out yeah also guys this podcast will actually get to continue because i will not be working yet uh i got my mba acceptance thing for the next year after i graduate so that's exciting so we'll be at on the scene we'll continue yes we will (laughs) we'll be at state for the same amount of time we'll both graduate in 2023 with our respective degrees yes that's very exciting congrats so anyway emma's opinion corner enough about me back to here's my opinion though (laughs) (laughs) okay so this week's hot take is sprinkles and fondant are trash (laughs) i cannot stand (laughs) sprinkles i know that they've made some updates like this one lady Apparently, she was on the Today Show or something. My mom was talking about it. She's actually made sprinkles that have flavor, and they're, like, good and add stuff to it. Because that woman also was a uh, fellow sprinkle hater <laughs> because they just didn't add anything to it. They're just pops of color, basically. Mm-hmm. And so I just don't love sprinkles. I don't like things to crunch unless they're supposed to, and sprinkles just don't add anything to it for me. I mean, I guess they're fine for, like, decorations, but I'd rather just have another type of decoration on top. <laughs> Emma, this and opinion is hilarious. fondant. Fondant sucks fondant because sucks. it has no flavor. It is trash. It makes everything dry. No, it's it too, looks pretty. It's sure. too sweet. It is disgusting. Yeah, it, it looks it looks fine, I guess, but it reminds me of Play-Doh, to, to be fair. Uh, so I'd rather you just ice the cake. I know that's easier said than done to make it look nice, but... Icing tastes so much better, and it really just adds more to your whatever you're making. So, don't use fondant. It's good just to use icing. Oh my gosh, I just remembered a memory from my childhood. This is a very chatty episode, but um, so I think my sister was probably turning ten, and I think I was twelve or eleven. Uh, we're like nineteen months apart. So sometimes we're a year apart, it seems, or sometimes we're two years apart. Anyway. So, I, my best friend, Hannah Jen, shout out if you're listening, we were, uh, we decided to make a birthday cake for my sister. We were, like, chefs in the making. Chopped was my favorite show. Just loved everything like that. I literally learned how to cook. I mean, from my Nana teaching me how to cook, but also from watching stuff on Chopped. Um, anyway, we made her this birthday cake. I don't remember what flavor it was, but I just remember that we had discovered fondant because we'd been watching Cake Boss. We'd been watching Cake Boss for years, but they finally started selling fondant in Walmart in our town. And we were like, okay, here is our chance to become the next great baker. We are going to be childhood <laughs> legends. So we went and we smacked 
on that fondant. When I tell you this was the most disgusting cake ever because of the fondant, we all just peeled away the fondant and ate the cake because it just ruined the whole vibe of the cake. It was disgusting tasting and it was probably ugly if I remember. It was like kind of striped looking. We just really piled that stuff on and fondant's not something you really need to pile on anyway. So it was gross. Mm -mm. And that was the last time I played with fondant. It's just not it. I don't love it. So avoid that from your baking. If I will judge you if you have that on your baking. I'm sorry. Maybe I'll give you a pass with sprinkles because of how they look, but fondant, I'm sorry. <laughs> No. Fondant is good for decorating stuff, though. But unless, like, the average at-home baker isn't going to be needing fondant. So keep that out of your pound no. cake recipe, please. Ew. <laughs> On pound cake? I was just no. kidding. <laughs> I was like, God, no. <laughs> Ugh. Okay, well, that's my hot take for the week. Just keep that in mind as you're doing your baked goods this week and to New Year's. So next up, we have the film review which y'all have been all waiting for, I'm sure, on the edge of your seat. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's on King Richard 2021, directed by Ronaldo Marcus Green, and it's streaming, I think it ends streaming today, but, which is Sunday, when we're recording this, it's probably but on it was on Prime. HBO Max. I'm not sure what they have it on now, uh, as far as other things, but it was still in theaters. So if you're still interested in seeing that, I'm sure you could still do that. Oh, cool. I didn't know it was in theaters. Guys, I actually saw the movie this week. Who is proud of me? Who's proud? Can I get some applause? We're all proud of Heather for thank her you, contribution. <laughs> <laughs> so this director, uh, he has a, not too many well-known things yet. He's still fairly young, uh, but he had one called Monsters and Men and Top Boy. Those were his two kind of main acting credits that they listed underneath his profile. And it stars Will Smith as King Richard. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it has, oh God, I forgot this dude's first name, but he's the guy that plays the Punisher. If you've ever seen that show, I forgot to put that on there for some reason. I'll do a quick Google. Something burnt thaw. <laughs> his name is John Burnthal. John. I knew it started with a J. I was like, it's not Joe. John Berthal, he's from The Punisher, if you've ever seen that TV show. Uh, we have Anjanou Ellis and upcoming actresses Demi Singleton and Sanaya, yeah, Sydney, who played Venus and Serena. They were so like good at their... Every single person was casted perfectly, in my opinion. I think so, too. I thought it was very well done. Uh, Anjanou, fun fact about her, so since we're on this famous Mississippian thing for this... She was the William sister in the, in the movie, and uh, she actually grew up in Mississippi. So she was born in San Francisco, but grew up on her grandmother's farm in Magnolia, Mississippi, oh, in her earlier years. One of my dogs was. And then Magnolia. she attended Tougaloo. Yeah, and then oh. she attended Tougaloo after that for a little bit, uh, for her undergrad, and then transferred to Brown University to kind of finish up that. Uh, she then went to study acting and a graduate acting program at New York University's Tisch School of Arts. And she is also a member of Delta Sigma Theta sorority. So that's cool. If there's any fellow Deltas out there for you, there you go. Fun fact. Uh, she also has a number of acting credits, not just this movie. She was in The Help as one of the maids in that. 
she was in True Bloods, The Good Wife, The Mentalist, Quantico, and Lovecraft Country, which she was actually nominated for an Emmy for, for that, among many others. And she has also done theater stuff, so she kind of got her start acting, I think it was a Shakespeare one, that she was in, and that she's been on Broadway and off-Broadway for several things. Wow. So, now that I've done my spiel on her, a well-rounded what were girl. your thoughts about the actual movie? I loved it so much. I So, I don't watch a lot of movies because I don't have the attention span, especially if it's not going to be a good movie. Like, I just can't sit there and watch it. This movie, I was literally couldn't take my eyes off the screen. It was so good. I thought everyone was cast perfectly. I thought it was uh, it was really emotional and it was really sweet. And I just loved, like, the family aspect of the movie. I love how, like, emphasized that was because I know that was very important to the Williams family in real life. And I love, like, the things that touched on, like, the racism. Um, well, I don't love racism, but I love that it, like, brought that up because it can also it can be <laughs> hard to bring up stuff like that sometimes. Especially in these, like, real-world scenarios. Like, this actually happened to Venus and Serena. Um, and I really am, like, appreciative of this movie and the representation that it has. There was uh, such a diverse cast. Um, I think it was really awesome that everybody was represented so well. I thought that Will Smith did a great job as King Richard. He was very convincing. Sometimes I was a little bit frustrated at him, just like the other people in the movie were. But... Honestly, it worked out for the best because Venus and Serena are literally the greatest of all times. And they're sisters. Can you imagine that? Like, you and your sister It really is amazing. Like, it is so, so, so amazing. And they work so hard for that. And it's just, I don't know. I love that movie because I I didn't know uh, the Williams' backstory. So I really enjoyed watching it. I thought it was very well shot. I enjoyed all the scenes and I enjoyed the cinematography. Um, There's some I was like, ooh. And like... Just, it was all shot on pretty sunny days, and, like, the tennis courts always look so good, and it was just so emotional. I was mad at, um, what's her name at the end of the movie? Jennifer, the girl she was playing tennis, the girl Venus was playing tennis against. Oh, the one that was, Jennifer yeah. Capriotti. We're not gonna spoil that for you, but she was, she was playing dirty. Yeah, I was so mad at her, especially because Venus had lost, um, a turn, like, a match, few years before and she handled it with such grace like she just pulled herself together and composed herself but then seeing this like whiny white girl just like pout about it I was just like girl get a room like literally I don't know I I just really thought that you could see the emotion in the girls who played Venus and Serena I don't know like they were just very compelling actresses so I really enjoyed the movie uh one of the best please watch it if you're one of my friends you'd probably enjoy the movie just knowing if we have similar taste Okay, your turn. I'm not ready. I'm not ready. <laughs> okay, I'm not going to tear it apart, I promise. Okay. I did enjoy this film. I'll, okay, I'll okay, say okay. That to start. I did enjoy this film. I thought it was very entertaining. Emma was acting like she hated it yesterday when we were texting. I just wanted to, like, knock Heather off her game, you know? Uh, but I did enjoy the film. Uh, I do have a few critiques as somebody that's watched a lot of films and has taken a couple of, like, film kind of media type and analysis type classes. Uh, as, as far as acting, uh, I would say this is probably not Will Smith's finest performance. I heard a lot of hype about him and people talking about it. And like, he was good at times, but there was times that sometimes when you're watching a film, you get lost and you forget that the actor's playing a character. You just see the person that they're playing. Mm-hmm. So I, I saw that whenever Kristen Stewart played Spencer. We talked about that kind of before. 
But for this, I kept seeing Will Smith in a lot of things. Really? And yes, it is him acting, but I kept seeing how he does, like how he was acting in other roles and stuff. And while human nature is kind of similar in some things, I could see the areas where he kind of lost that. So... Okay, that's interesting because I haven't watched a ton. I mean, I've seen my fair share of movies, but I don't watch a single movie. I don't watch a movie every single week like Emma does. I don't I haven't taken film critique classes. So I thought his performance was very compelling. So, like, for an average person who doesn't know any better, I thought it was very good. Also, like, I mean, I haven't seen a ton of Will Smith movies, I guess. I mean, I've seen a few. Um, I mean, I don't remember every single movie I've seen in my whole life, but... I don't know. If you've ever seen The Pursuit of Happiness, Mm-mm. that's another very emotional type film that deals with kind of struggles and stuff in that same kind of vein of things and I thought he was really great in that and I think he he probably got nominated for something for that but it was phenomenal for that one but for this one I was just like I saw some things I was like okay I guess but I mean the character that he played the guy Richard Williams he was a very kind of out there guy yeah so it's kind of hard to grasp all that no matter how great of an actor you are you can't really always capture the essence of somebody i know but so. i loved i love that they made him wear those short shorts and like it cracked me up <laughs> i know especially there's this one scene where he and who is the guy with the mustache's name i forgot it was the coach, but I don't remember his name. Yeah, well, basically, he and the coach were standing side by side, and you could clearly see, like, where the cutoff of Will Smith's shorts were, but uh, the other guy's shorts were so long, you couldn't see where they ended. I just thought it was so funny, side by side, like a normal length of pair of shorts, and then how short Will Smith's shorts were. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> but I really... Shout out to Dan for short shorts. <laughs> yeah, literally, uh, Dan Die for those short shorts. <laughs> <laughs> But, yes, as far as him, I thought he did fine. It was good. But I thought that Ingenue Ellis, who played the mother, did a lot better, in my opinion. Uh-huh. No, her scene... I thought she was... I was just, like, captivated yeah, by her. I thought no, she felt same. more authentic overall. No, same. Her body language was everything in this movie. It was so realistic. And that scene in the kitchen, I won't spoil it, but literally my eyes were just tearing up. Exactly. Like, I was under that, you know, whenever you try to consume media, you try to do the suspension of disbelief. But whenever she was in that, I I didn't even have to try. I just believed that she was her. Oh, yeah. Well, this movie, like, immediately hooked me in. It Like, the first minute, I was like, oh. Because I didn't realize what King Richard was about because I didn't read the description. Emma just told me, this is what I'm watching. And I was like, okay, I'm just going to watch it without, like, just going cold. So I thought it would be about some kings and the castles. And then come to find out, it's about Venus and Serena Williams and their dad. Okay, absolutely. Yeah, look, I have more about that. Okay, so let me talk about the plot. Yeah, I talked ahead. about the actors, the plot. So the plot wise, you would think that the film centers around more of uh, Richard's life. And it hints at some areas, mm-hmm. but really this movie is about Venus. Mm-hmm. It talks about Serena occasionally in passing, but she's a lot more of a passive character in this. So, honestly, it should have been called Princess Venus rather than King Richard. No, I thought that was weird, too, because I was like, when is Serena getting her mark? And also, like, it didn't really show a lot of, like, what specifically Richard was thinking. You know what I mean? Yeah, I felt like we never kind of knew what, how, why he was kind of as important. If anything, I thought he was holding them back a lot of the time. Yeah, same, same. But... I, I don't know. I did too, but some of the scenes really had me convinced, like, okay, he was doing what's best, even though it was very controversial. And his yeah. daughters are just so talented, like... I know. Oh, my God. 
Yeah, that's why it made me mad when they put Serena, like, honestly, Serena's a better tennis player than Venus. Oh, she is. So whenever they started not talking about her, I know that they were hinting that they were putting, like, he said even, I put you in Venus's shadow Mm -hmm. to make you the greatest there ever was. But it's kind of frustrating to not see her as being as strong-willed and dynamic as she is. You see hints of that, but you don't really get to see her. I know. I thought the same thing. So I almost hope they're going to make one about Serena call it queen serena or something i don't know i really really i don't think they will really man i really like that movie i would love one just like that but more about serena than venus because i really enjoyed i don't think they will they might do a documentary of her but i don't think that they're gonna do another film about their youth really Uh, also you talked about the cinematography i loved the coloring for the film everything is very bright in tennis there's a lot of white usually that they wear and you saw that in contrast with like the green or blue courts. And the bokeh in it the background. It was just very aesthetic. Yes, it was. Yeah. There are some drone shots, but they kind of like spend it ever so slowly. And it was just so cool. I was like, wow, am I a nerd? Yeah. Also, I just thought the lighting was great, too. Yes, I know a lot of it great. was technically sunlight, but it looked great on the actors and their skin. Yes, it did. I thought it was beautiful. It was great. I wanted to be so, there in Florida with them. I was like, this looks awesome. Yeah. So I thought I thought it was a pretty good film. Not the best thing ever I've seen in the world, but it's it's still a very good one. And if you're, like, bored and want to watch something, you might as well. It's going to be up for multiple awards. It already has been nominated for a lot of things, so just see what the hype's about. Don't believe everything that we've said. <laughs> Go look for yourself. No, I think it was awesome. Like, you should definitely check it out. I Now, like, I'm just going to be telling this to everybody I know, so I'm glad I watched it this week. All right, guys. Well, we're going to wrap up that and head to... We're not doing a crazy story of the week. This week, we're going to do a wholesome story to leave you off on a good yes. note for the next year. Yes. The headline is, Starkville Woman Teams Up with Family Members in Mayfield, Kentucky to Raise Money for Tornado Victims. This is written by Stephen Pimpo for WCBI. Oh, this is the second article he's written for us this week. Thank you, sir, for your service. Shout out, Stephen. Yes, we appreciate <laughs> it. So, Robin O'Nan was born and raised in Henderson, Kentucky, before she moved to the Golden Triangle, and she spent several months living with her husband there in Mayfield, which is one of the cities that the tornado hit the hardest. She really felt connected to the tornadoes and the victims, obviously, since she is from the area. She knew her family was safe, and um, she, even though she's more than 250 miles away, she reached out to her nephew and asked about the best way to help the town that has no power, no running water, or no natural gas. And President Joe Biden had been in touch with him, the nephew, actually, through Zoom, which is crazy. It is kind of crazy. So the nephew is a postmaster in the town, and they're trying to set up a post office in Mayfield so they can get their mail there. Oh, I guess they didn't have a post office in Mayfield. Okay, interesting. Robin says that she asked her nephew where the donations are needed, and so she contributed to the Mayfield Community Foundation Tornado Relief GoFundMe, and she also helped out with her other nephew, whose catering business is donating meals to displaced families. The nephew's just going to take care of those people as long as possible, and she wants as many people from the Golden Triangle to join her, as well as, obviously, Mississippians. Um, We are more than just a Golden Triangle on our podcast, so uh, we will also leave a link to this article, which has the links to the donation funds. And yeah, so very sad, but it's very sweet to see her stepping up. Again, remember your roots, guys. Don't forget where you belong. Exactly. Home. As One Direction famously sang, and don't forget where you belong. Midnight Memories 28, no, not 2018, 2013. 
was about to say, weren't they gone by that point? Yes. I, like, I didn't think One Direction was still around at that. Yes, they were, sadly, sadly. Okay, guys, it's time to wrap this up. My timer says an hour. I know it's not actually been an hour, but geez. But it's still up there, so thanks for listening. You can follow us in the meantime if you want to, like, keep up with us over our break. Quote, quote, we will probably still check the social media. Oh, yeah. At On The Scene Pod on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. You can also send us an email, onthescenepod at gmail.com. If you'd like to be a guest on the podcast, if you have any questions, comments, or hot takes, or if you'd like to be a sponsor for our episodes, just go ahead and reach out to us. We will also be checking that. I mean, we get notifications on our phones, so it's very easy just to check. Um, Also, we are the Reflector News and Opinion Editors, so go ahead and follow the Reflector down below. Instagram and Twitter are reflector-online. Website is reflector-online.com. And uh, yeah, that's all, guys. Thanks for tuning in, and... uh... We'll see you guys next year. We'll see you next year. (laughs) Thanks so much for a great year. Bye. Bye.